This is Daizen Shubix, the podcast, episode 259 for the week of May 22nd, 2011. Hey, hey, welcome to Daizen Shubix, the podcast, an extension of the all encompassing Dragon Ball fan site, Daizen Shubix. We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and a little bit of entertaining. Welcome back to the show, Mary. It's good to be here, Mike. Yeah. What's the haps, yo? Not much the haps. We're gonna talk about some Dragon Ball stuff, some old. Dragon Ball stuff. Ah, yes. As we call them, the good old days. They are the good old days. I'm always hesitant to call it that, but it kind of is. Because we get some good new days, but good old days are good too. Mary is going to be you. Yes. And myself. My name is Mike. Sometimes I go by Vegito EX. You and I are going to talk about ye olden VHS fan sub days this podcast episode. Wow. It takes you back. When I think it, about all the money I spent. Oh, I know. Jesus. I know. It's terrible. It's the kind of topic that we could have done really anytime since we started this here podcast in late 2005. Could have just done it whenever. I always held back on it a little bit, though, for fear of it being... Irrelevant? Yeah, that's the word I use. I... Irrelevant and boring, and I'm not sure what the right word I'm looking for is. Niche? Yeah, yeah. I think it's a little bit of all of those things. However... An email gives us an excuse to do the subject, though. And the feedback from not only the Facebook post about it, but also the Twitter post about it really, I think, proves that people want to hear about it. People want to learn about it. A lot of the new fans have no clue what this is. They've heard about these crazy old things on a physical medium that you had to put in. Sometimes they broke your machine. Don't know what these are. And then a lot of people are some of those, I just like listening to things that I know about. That's always fun, too. So I think we're going to hit up all those types of people. Not literally. We don't want to hit you. <laughs> Mary will come through the internet and hit you. <laughs> she wants to do that. I do. Now, whether names like S. Baldrick, E. Monsoon, Anime Labs, Senosaur, Project X, NGN, Pearl, whether any of these do or do not mean anything to you, I think this is an episode you want to hear. It's something that I had a lot of fun writing the outline for, and I sat down and watched a fan sub earlier today. I only know three of those names on that list. (laughs) Do you really? Yeah. All right. Well, Mary, you're going to learn a little bit about I will. some of those it's, it's people. It's a learning are. experience, even though it's like, you know, 15 years after the fact. It is. It is. Okay. Maybe not 15, but a lot. A Here's lot. the crazy thing, Mary. Yeah. There is no news this week. What? We, I think we got all news out for the month of May. We did. We just had an episode last week. Heath and I and Julian discussed two weeks worth of news because we missed a, a week before that. And here we are with no news to talk about. We had the game announcement and a couple other little tidbits here and there. This gives us free reign to talk about VHS fan subs for as long as we feel like doing. Cool. It's kind of making up for last week's no topic. It does. It does. So I'm ready to jump in. Are you? Let's do this thing. Before we talk about the actual product of fan subs, I think we need to set the stage a little bit here. Dragon Ball, the TV series started in 1986, DBZ started in 1989, was a weekly TV series. Now, like all long-running series, specifically of the Shonen variety, it's a marketing empire. The show is the free promotional tool that serves as kind of the... 
to get you to buy the toys, read yeah. the mangas, get the make cards. A drug reference in there. It's that first hits free. Yeah. Watch it on the TV. They get you everywhere else. The video games, like you said, the manga, everything. Now, this is a whole nother subject too, but in part, this carries over to the disconnect with the foreign markets like the US, where sure, sometimes the show gets on TV, but more often than not, the show ends up as the primary paid product when it was never intended to be that way. So you've got this flipped market where the free show that's supposed to serve to promote the material that never comes out here. It's weird. And Dragon Ball is really weird in that respect, too. The manga came out here. It did. The manga came out later after the TV version did. So that was kind of flipped. And it did get on TV, but then it switched networks a few times. The so Dragon Ball's just been a fuster clock over here in North America. Now, Prior to 2003, with part one of the DBZ Dragon Box, which was episodes 1 through 147 over in Japan, a lot of people don't know this. There was no home release of the TV series, any of the TV series, Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, or GT. Not on tape. Not, not on, on tape. Not on, on laser, laser disc. disc not anything. No home release of the series in Ever. Japan. Until 2003. There is a little bit of an exception with the movies. Those got VHS and Laserdisc releases, but that was it. So, for folks outside of Japan who could just tape it off TV, I mean, you and I did that with plenty of our... You've oh, got yes. all your X-Men, X-Men and, well, anime Sailor Moon and Dragon Ball <laughs> and other stuff too, but I don't know, Saved by the Bell or Melrose Place, whatever people taped Never they were into. Japanese people did that too, obviously, with their shows. What about us trying to watch Dragon Ball prior to the existence of Funimation? Because remember, Funimation didn't even exist as a company until 1994. Dragon Ball was getting ready Still to come to a on. close, but, you know, heading toward that end zone. How did people over here watch the series? The answer is fan subs on VHS. Remember that old format? VCRs, Ugh. tapes. Rewinding. Rewinding. <laughs> <laughs> what a foreign concept now, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh, geez. So I guess let's talk about what we're going to talk about and why. We were talking earlier about I wasn't sure if we should do this kind of things. It's so old and irrelevant. But whenever a well-written email comes in that gives me an excuse to do one of these it's topics. It's justification. I will take it. Mary, if you could please read this email. It comes to us from Joe Akumaito Beam. Hello there, Mystery X and whoever may be joining him. I'm emailing in to ask a few questions about the old fan subtapes of Dragon Ball. Not to worry, this won't be a question about where people can obtain copies. Hell, with so many official releases of the series, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find anyone who wants to buy fan subs of this cartoon anymore. I just want to get some perspective about what it was like back then. I was getting into Dragon Ball when Vegeta takes off his hat. Goku, you are number one, was debuting on Cartoon Network for the first time. Of course, this wasn't the dub name, but I can't be asked to venture outside of Konzentai's perfect, godly, super awesome episode guide. Therefore, official subtitle releases were in abundance, and I'm sure many of fellow Dizexians can relate to always having the spot on official subtitles. What was hunting the tapes down like? I find it hard to imagine any retailers just having the fans sitting on their shelves, legality be damned. Did they usually have a lot of Dragon Ball tapes in stock so you could pick and choose which saga you wanted? Or was it more of a you take what you can get thing? If it's the latter, how did you guys ever keep up with the story? Bouncing around from Gohan and training in the Saiyan arc to movie 11 to the finale of GT to the first few episodes of the Red Ribbon arc must have been tough on your ability to piece the story together. On an 
average, how many episodes did you get for each tape? Was the original Dragon Ball series hard to get a hold of? Thanks for taking the time to read this. I hope I didn't bombard you with too many questions to answer. I love the show and eagerly await it each Sunday. Whenever I'm feeling blue, I can always rely on Vegito EXN is many merry men to enlighten and entertain. Well, lots of great questions in there. I think we're going to address pretty much all all of them. I gotta dip into my memory bank <laughs> to answer some of those. <laughs> I think I have them outlined enough here okay. that we'll, we'll hit them a little bit. And we are going to have more questions later on that if we didn't cover anything, uh, hopefully we, we did get them. So before we dip into Dragon Ball exclusively, I guess we should talk about how this was done. Now, not the best authority VHS? to talk about it. But um, and you certainly, I mean, you dipped into the world of AMVs. You had some two VCR action going on. I did, yeah. Never oh anything God. like subtitling no, the show. No, never. It usually involved a piece of hardware, I think it's called a Genlock, uh, to overlay the subtitles onto the video stream. A lot of people usually use an Amiga computer. That was just kind of like the de facto thing that they used to do this. They mastered the whole thing onto a final physical product, usually on SVHS, which was a much higher version of the VHS standard. Remember, Beta is already long dead at this point. Now, sometimes the fan subber was also the distributor, but not always. The SVHS master was sent out to the distributors who would then make copies from that, usually the standard VHS, make them available for order. And there's usually one of two ways you could get them. Number one was you pay for, this is the idealized version of it, you pay for what the cost of the tapes were and the shipping, and then you would get the stuff back because no one wanted to make money off of someone else's hard work. This right, is like right. the old code of fan subbing. The other way was something called SASE or self-addressed stamped envelope. I did this actually a couple times. What you would do was you would get a package, you would get some blank tapes, you would go to the post office and have them apply the postage return back to you, put that in a larger envelope and then mail that to the fan subber. So they wouldn't have to pay for tapes or anything. You'd kind of be paying for everything up front mm -hmm. and they would just take the time to do it. Not all of the distros would do SASE because they wanted to use specific brands of VHS on their higher quality decks. <laughs> You'll see in a lot of, I think, Anime Labs fan subs, them complaining about shit VHS brands and them breaking VCRs. That was a thing back then. It's not like you get a DVD today. And, and it breaks your player. <laughs> it breaks your player. Can you imagine if that happened but this was a regular thing back then with so many moving parts not just a little beam of light shining on your product so uh, a lot of distros are also traders um if you had something they needed this was a big thing if you had i don't know sailor moon r movie and you wanted dbz movie 12 and that would benefit the both of you you could trade sometimes um they always wanted the best quality product that they could get so if you had a master from an ld more than happy to trade for you and there are a lot of different fan sub groups and this kind of gets into dragon ball more specifically just like today where there's all sorts of groups subbing i think they all still do like naruto and bleach and they're all waving their e-penises around very similar to how it was back then but maybe on the down low a little bit more a lot of the groups however didn't cover the same portion of the series. This is how fan subs were a little bit different back then with Dragon Ball in particular. It was harder to track down the right, highest quality version. Right, you're not getting the show an hour know, later. Yeah, an hour later digitally. It's, right. You're all hunting among either stuff taped off the TV or tape or recorded off a laser disc or right. stuff like that. And sometimes the groups would be getting the same thing from the one guy in Japan who's taping and recording from multiple groups. So sometimes they had a guy who they got him 
time to start recording for the end of the Boo arc. And then it was, oh man, do you know anyone who's got any episodes from Cell or from earlier? So groups would do different parts of the series based on who they knew and what they could get. You had folks like Senesaur who did a lot of the Boo arc because that's what the guy was able to get. Yeah, I think that's what I have too. Probably are, yeah. Anime Labs did, um, for example, much more of the Frieza arc and the Cell arc. Mm -hmm. I was just uh, (laughs) earlier this evening, I popped in um, 19 and 20 show up and that was an Anime Labs fan sub. I just grabbed a random tape and it happened to be Anime Labs. Oh, the pain. The pain of it all. Um, Beggars can't be choosers. Yeah. Well, that's how it was back then. Yeah. Maybe that answers a little bit of uh, the email there. You took what you could get. There were a couple strange subs that existed. They were actually official in a way. There was Nippon Golden Network out of Hawaii that did a legal subtitle of the show for TV over there. Believe it or not, they did the entirety of the first Dragon Ball series. And they did, I think it was 104 episodes of DBZ. So right into the end of the Frieza arc. So you'll see that most of the Cyan arc subs out there the NGN versions pretty much anything the first TV series is going to be them later on a couple other groups have managed to get some uh, of the earlier stuff and sub it themselves like Anime Labs did some Frieza stuff but the uh, NGN subs you could tell the font when it was NGN they were a little higher than uh, some of the other groups a little bit of history here though Uh, our old buddy Ramza who ran a website called Dragon Ball Blast at the end of the 90s he at some point sent an email to NGN looking for hey can I buy your subtitle versions because if someone again if they didn't tape it oh you shit out of luck so we sent him an email and back in may 1997 this was the response he got mary could you read this dear chris thank you very much for your kind letter about dragon ball and dragon ball z it's great to hear from so many people around the country who have enjoyed the subtitles on our programming unfortunately i will not be able to fulfill your request of selling them to you we no longer have the copyrights to subtitle the program and have never had any rights for the distribution or sale of the program if i hear of a place where you can obtain the subtitled copies of the program i'll be sure to let you know good luck on your quest and if you do hear of a place where you can obtain the subtitled copy please let me know so that I may inform other Dragon Ball fans who might contact us for the same information. My best, Eugenie Y. Hidokane, Programming Coordinator. It's such a fun little bit of history Very there. nice, too. Very polite. It was, it was. Not like, fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> Why the hell should Forget I sell you, you anything? <laughs> So we're going to get into the transition into the Funimation time frame a little bit later on. We're still talking a little bit pre-Funimation here. This is 1997, so the dub of DBZ from Funimation was basically wrapping up the dub season two at this point. So this is kind of that cusp of things changing. But let's bring it back again. One uh, more official subtitled release that a lot of us got mixed in with our fan subs was Pearl. This was actually for the Hong Kong market. It was subtitled on screen in both Chinese and in English. Though the English was translated from the Chinese, which itself was translated from the Japanese. So these were pretty terrible by and large. The quality of the recordings are usually pretty bad. And you can... uh, Yes, that the subtitles were pretty bad. Did you have any of these? I think I may have had some late sell stuff from I them. D- I had um, a tape that I traded from a friend, my first internet friend, mm-hmm. who lived in Norway. And she gave me a tape. It wasn't even NTSC. I think it was a PAL the tape. tape yeah. It was in Cantonese. Oh, all right. Um, I'm wondering if it was this Pearl 
thing? No, most of the pearls were in Japanese. They just had multiple subtitles on them. But it may have been same kind of area, same kind of thing going on. Mm, I don't. Did this have a logo on it? Yeah, they had a little logo down the corner. I, I think I might be getting confused with maybe seeing screenshots mm. from stuff back in the day, but I don't think I personally had any pearl subs. For a while, they were some of the only versions of some of the episodes out there, so it was, uh, I guess I'll watch it. Which part of the series? Like I said, um, some of the Cell stuff is what I specifically remember later. Sell stuff. Okay, yeah, because so. that was the the tape that, that I had tape you got? from the Cantonese version. But Interesting. It, it Maybe they sub- did. I think I just wanted the episode so bad. I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, eventually, I I did get stuff fan sub, but mm-hmm. not. It may, may have been Anime Labs. Before we turn it over to the bootleg side of things, which is really fun, I did want to note that because the movies were released in Japan, specifically on Laserdisc, um, some of the non-DVZ specific fan subgroups would occasionally do some of these. And uh, it, it was these... You've got the Anime Labs and the other groups out there. They knew Dragon Ball through and through, even if they added in kind of their own flair to it. They knew what the characters' names were and stuff. But when you would get some of these other groups doing it, it led to spellings like Taurus for DBZ Movie 3's villain, which perpetuated itself for so many years until uh, fans really dug in and figured out, oh, it's a play on lettuce. Maybe we can spell it in a different way. So there's just a fun little side effect of there being an official release of the movies, and that got some other groups in there doing it. So let's turn it over to bootlegs. We're talking about the idealized version of it with the fan servers sending it to the distros and no money exchanging hands and everyone just... No, you just play for pay for the supplies and pay for the, the shipping. Love. Yeah. It's all about the love. Mary, your world, however... My seedy world. ...was not about the love. It was about going to the stupid flea market and paying for it. I didn't know! No. I didn't know I was paying for terrorism. <laughs> That's true. It's true. We're a little bit. Let's talk about this. Uh, we're going to do our own first memories a little bit later on, but uh, your first experience wasn't the flea market, so I guess we can talk about it here. This gets into bootlegging pretty well. No, it was trading at school. Right, we'll, we'll get to that. Talk and then about- um, I was told from the person that traded some tapes to me, like, oh, you can buy some of these, you know, on your own. Okay, the, so you heard about the flea about market. Got like, oh, the flea market. Okay, so I went to the flea market and yeah, there they were for sale. And yeah, I'm sure I probably knew that it wasn't right, seeing as how my house at to. school had so many tapes that they were just training back and forth. And I'm sure it was a collection of stuff traded directly with fan subbers plus buying yeah. stuff from people who shouldn't be selling them. Tell me about the flea market. Oh, the flea market. Okay, so it was off, not a highway, but a major road. Yeah. It was this massive indoor complex, uh, only open on Saturdays and Sundays, maybe Friday nights. I can't really remember. It, it doesn't exist anymore, which is, I want to say it's a shame, but I don't <laughs> right. know if there are any stores of redeeming value in this thing and i use stores in quotes yeah but you go into the store and you make an immediate right and like two little booths down was the asian video store which was that's what it usually was was, it was ran by this white trash family (laughs) totally looking like hicks and yeah they had hong kong action movies a a ton of anime uh just that kind of stuff they also had a bunch of what i assume to be legitimate anime merchandise i doubt it (laughs) that's where i got my bubba trunks bank yeah i doubt that but they had a lot of laminated bootleg posters which yeah. I also had in Chinatown too mm-hmm. but other stores in the flea market were just like cheapo clothes stores a lot of knickknacky stores now about this tape place I think I remember going there once I'm pretty sure I got my fan sub of the first Street Fighter Alpha OVA there I just saw that in the box earlier today but 
this was shelves of stuff that you could just pick out, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. The shelves seemed like they went really high up. Yeah, yeah, they did. But yeah, it was pretty easy to to find things relatively, okay. except that it was kind of like a label with the saga name and episode numbers right, right. on them. And if we're just getting into it, you don't really know what you're looking at. So we'll get into <laughs> that true. later, I guess, about the purchasing yeah, experience. Sure All right. So let's turn away from your flea market. I want to talk about New York a little bit in Chinatown. This was not my first experience. In fact, this was pretty late because I didn't move to New Jersey until 1999. So, I mean, Funimation was already heading into home release stuff. Home releases, but DVDs weren't on the horizon for at least another year. I did make my way into Chinatown and to a couple of places. There was one in uh, the Elizabeth Center. I think it's off of Canal Street. Uh, I'm sure a lot of the New York natives are going to know exactly what I'm talking about. Down in the basement there, there was a store, but it was just kind of a booth and a shelf and a guy behind the shelf. You would go up and say, I want DBZ. All right, what part do you want? Um. Oh, wow. So they wouldn't even let you go near this stuff? <laughs> no, no, because they were making them in back behind the oh, shelf. Geez. They had a TV up playing whatever they were duping at the time. So this is the shady stuff. That stinks if you don't know what it is that you're looking for. Yeah, yeah. It was like, tough. I just want to browse. So I remember later on it was, I want GT. All right. You want the beginning? Uh, Yeah, I guess so. So that was how... I got tapes down in uh, the Elizabeth Center. There were a couple other places in New York that I never actually got to. One of the most notorious was called Games and James. These were the places that would erase the credits. You see this going on with DigiSubbers today. They erase the credits of who actually did it, put their own logo up front, and pass it off as their own work. And uh, this is what led to messages in the middle of episodes, usually over the eye catches, that would say things like, if you bought this, this, you got ripped off. This is a work of fans for fans for free. And uh, as I was browsing through that Anime Labs episode earlier, there's a lot of, if you bought this from such and such, they can go to hell. And it's the <laughs> crazy messages they would put in there. Um, and these other, we'll call them the bootleggers, they would really reduce the episode count on them too. For example, my GT tapes are only two episodes a pop. Mm. And I know that the fan suppers who did them did them at least three to four episodes. Yeah. So they were splitting them up. And Were we going to talk about that later episode counts? Yeah, yeah. We're going to get okay. to it actually pretty soon. I guess just cost before we move on. What did you pay at the flea market? Do you remember? It was uh, three tapes three for 15 20? bucks. 15. Oh, yeah. all right. That's pretty good. I think down the Elizabeth Center, it was just five bucks a tape. Okay. So What's frightening though is that I had a good chunk of the show. When I think about, oh, yeah. you know, I'm a high schooler back then with my own money buying these tapes. Oh mm-hmm. my God. I'm never getting that money back. No, absolutely not. I'm trying Never to think. Like, I, I can't even guess how many fan subs I had. I had most We have of, boxes here. Oh, I know. I'm just trying to guess. I had most of Boo, probably all of Androids and Cell. Yeah. I didn't have any of the Saiyajin arc, really, because I watched that off the International Channel Raw, yeah. so I didn't feel the need to own it. Plus, it was airing all the time dubbed, right, so right. I feel like I knew it enough that I didn't need to buy tapes of it. Sure. And a good portion of GT. I had, like, yeah, maybe half a GT. All the movies, yeah. The TV specials. Um, So, yeah, I didn't have any of Frieza or Saiyajin. Okay. So I'd say probably 50% of the show. You're I halfway answering a question we got later. Sorry. That's okay. It's okay. I'm just trying to do the math in my head of how much money I spent. <laughs> Let's talk about what we could expect to be on these tapes. We're talking just a little bit right there of how many episodes. Now, it, it really came down to the actual fan subber or the distro. Usually, though, they would fill up whatever the tape could hold. If it was a T120 or a T160, think of it as That's like... Minutes. It would be something like a single-layer DVD versus dual-layer DVD. How many things could 
you fit on there, usually four to five episodes. Sometimes the commercials were kept in, usually not subtitled. It depended on who the subber was and who the distro was if they wanted to keep those in, because less commercials means more time for actual episodes. Sometimes there would be a break between episodes, and what I mean there is that you would actually be missing an episode in the middle of whatever was on your tape. For a while, Dragon Ball Z episodes 250, 268, and Dragon Ball GT episode 60 were extremely difficult to track down, even raw, never mind fan-subbed. Never occurred to me to do this. Finally, in 2011, I went back and I looked at programming schedule, the air dates for these. Turns out, episode... 268 was after a week off, so it may have been uh, someone just forgot to record it that week. That was almost definitely the case with GT episode 60, because there had been four weeks with no new episodes of Dragon Ball GT. So when I order, you're going to hear about this later on, my end of GT tape had 59, 61 through 64. Episode 60 was not available, and it took forever to get those later on. So you would have, even if you had breaks in between story arcs, you probably had a break in an episode here or there. This was news to you though, Mary. Mm -hmm. Were you just so used to having so many breaks all over the place that an episode didn't phase you? Yeah, like I don't even recall having this issue. I definitely did because uh, I had a buddy who went by the name of Chrono, you know, original name for (laughs) Dragon Ball fans and Toriyama extended fandom. Uh, He had his own little fan sub distro for a while and I was getting all of my boost stuff from him. He was like, yeah, I'm sorry. I just don't have episode 250. I don't know anyone who does. Hmm. And it took me a while before I was able to get it. And then I only got it raw. I never got that episode fan subbed. Now it was less so with DBZ fan subs, but if there's extra space Space, a lot of uh, fan sub distros would tack on maybe a music video or something, um, whether it was fan made or something from a laser disc extra. Dragon Ball didn't really have that kind of stuff. Some of the movies had like recap narrations. I think one of the only music video extras I ever remember was a Ramza. Tape. That was Ramza's Metallica music video. Yeah. Totally embarrassing. That was there, like my but... one Frieza era fan sub that I had. Oh, oh, it was a Frieza one that he did. Yeah. Because oh. like I. Felt like I, I thought had that to... was at the end of Plan to Eradicate the Signs. Oh, no, you're right. You're I think right. it was. My bad. Thank you for that correction. <laughs> yeah, they, they would tack some stuff on if they could. The audio and the video quality ranged depending on the source. Mostly I mean, bad. It was usually pretty bad. There was no such thing as an A++, ultra rare, super great, would do business again kind <laughs> of uh, fan sub that was out there. Because these are all just analog recordings. And unless you were getting something mastered from the LD of a movie, my movies 7, 9, 11, and 12 were third generation copies. So they were as best as you were going to be able to get and they were mostly just okay that looks really good but not as if you actually bought the thing Mm-hmm. So uh, I had one episode in the 23rd Tenka Ichi Budokai, just audio. I had a lot of tapes that I had to bring back to the flea market. Oh, really? And then I got to a point where I was like, can I test this out on your player first? Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Well, you were at least lucky that it was uh, within driving distance. Yeah. Not like buying a, a bag of tapes in New York, bringing it back and going, oh, Fuck, yeah, these tapes don't even work. The subtitles themselves, the translations, those are always a toss-up. The Baldrick and the Monsoon, the Senosaur, they're usually good enough. Then you get into Anime Labs territory, though. And they're responsible for so many rumors that still persist. <sighs> 
God. Some of it, it was crazy. The episode that I was watching earlier when 19 and 20 show up, overall, the dialogue is very dead on. But then they would do things like the infamous movie 13 script, where you fucking bastard, you fucking blew up my house, fuck you. Mm -hmm. Vegeta is clearly not saying that. See, I didn't know that. I had the tape. I thought it was the coolest thing I showed my cousins. Like, I was the hot shit Mm -hmm, watching mm -hmm. this hardcore cursing cartoon. Yeah, I mean... For a generation of fans, it was the misinformation of, look at how adult this show, I mean, before we all conceded that, oh, this is just a kid's cartoon. It was, oh my god, look at this. At least the movies, these were made for adults, right? No. Crazy. Crazy when you go back and look at some of that stuff. Anime Labs, I know, in the Artificial Humans arc, as it got a little further on, the come out, you can't ass bag it. (laughs) What? Vegeta is not saying that. He's just not. So I will have to plug, obviously, our fan sub dialogue uh, sub page of the rumor guide on Daizen Shui X. I think we've got five or six of the best examples of this kind we of stuff. We just said two. Most of them are anime. La- Let's see, the Trunks one, the Vegeta one. What's the Trunks one? Trunks one was, uh, it takes balls to come all the way to Earth, half dead in a tin suit just to be killed. Oh, right. Okay. Where they're, they're punching up Trunks' dialogue a little right. bit there. It's, I mean, he's not being polite to Frieza anymore, but he's not saying that. Mm-hmm. That, that kind of stuff. Anime Labs just... Taking some liberties. I don't even know how to describe it. It was just a different world that they lived in. Mm-hmm. Loved it, though. Yeah, I ate it up. Absolutely. Because I didn't know. Mary, tell me about packaging for fan subs, because this was totally foreign to me, because a lot of the stuff that I was getting was from people I knew online, so it was just the tape. A plain label? Maybe a label on it, usually just a paper that listed them. Yeah. And even when I got stuff in New York, usually it was just a print you know, Dragon Ball GT episodes one through two. You, however, had extravagant packaging for some. Yeah, at the flea market, they had clamshell cases for these tapes and then usually a color printed or at least a semi-colored printout yeah, yeah. of a random image inserted, you know, into the, the cover. Um, and it looked pretty good for the most part. I had some that were pretty gorgeous. Yeah. And definitely. some of them to this day, I don't know where the images came from. That's the thing is you go back and look in that box and I don't know where those images are from. They're nice. They're really cool. Um, But most of the time it was like a picture from a movie slapped on a tape meant for TV episodes. So they never ever ever matched up no you had like the the movie 12 cover on frieza episodes yeah and it just said you know death of frieza on it or something yeah, it yeah. made no sense they they took what they could um i think at some point though as i was buying the the stuff from the flea market in later years it wasn't so much the clamshell cases anymore i think it was just like a nice printed label going mm. down the spine of the tape yeah yeah i saw a bunch of those and i was digging around in there too there'd be a nice blue label with the dragon ball z font logo on there and like baby saga volume one episodes seven through nine or something like that Mm -hmm. although you know that's not in the z story arc but you know where i'm going there yeah yeah uh one of the questions from the email was watching the series out of order (laughs) and i think we kind of answered this and yeah it was you took what you could get and for me, it wasn't so bad. It was half the fun. It was. Piecing together was the story. And then I could kind of imagine what I would like the story to be. But yeah. then <laughs> right. because, you know, the Internet was starting to become more and more prevalent, I could just mm-hmm. go online for whatever few fan sites there were and kind of 
piece together the story. Yeah, yeah. And episode synopses and stuff. Very, very different, but also not that different from what we had in North America. Funimation's DVD release of the series, notoriously haphazard. All right, so we got through the first two seasons of their edited dubbed. Let's just pick up in 2000 when they started doing DVDs. First DVDs were the Ginyu ones, where they you know picked up with what they called season three. After that was Trunks, Frieza episodes dubbed VHS only, not available on DVD. I think some of the last episodes to come out on their single discs were the end of the Cell game. So you had yeah. already purchased the entirety of the Boo arc, then you had to go back. And even with the first Dragon Ball TV series, they put out the 23rd Tenka Ichibodokai before they put out the middle of the series. Yeah, so it's um, it's pretty funny. I never really thought about it that way, that the official release is just as spotty as going and getting your fan subs way out of order. Yeah, I mean, it's not like 2007 onward with the Orange Bricks and now with the Dragon Boxes where it's... Okay, we will start with episode one and we will end with the end of the series. It was, what do they have ready to put out? What's airing on TV right now that they can capitalize on? So it is very, very different, but also the same at the same time. So I don't know if that answers the question good enough for you, but I hope it does. Before we talk about uh, a little bit more, we're hinting at it, Funimation's run, how that affected fan subs. I do want to dive back and talk about our first fan sub experiences. I think this sets the magical stage for how we are enjoying it. I'm going to let you go first, Mary. It was at school. It was at school. So I was sitting in a class with an Ann America magazine and... Wait, wait, hold on. What year was this? Crap. 96 at the very earliest. Okay. Maybe 97. All right. So early mid high school for you. Yeah. Yeah, mid, mid, definitely mid-high school. All so right. either a sophomore or a junior, I don't really remember. Sure. So I'm sitting in a class and I got an Ann America magazine out there and I'm reading an article about something Dragon Ball related and I say something about a character on the page. I think I said something like, oh, yeah, that that's Goku. And, and someone stopped and looked and goes, no, that's not Goku. That's Goku's son. I'm like, what? Goku has a son? Because at that point, I had only seen Dragon Ball. Right, right. The dubbed, first 13 episodes. 95, yeah. Because I don't know why that would have surprised me so much. You were probably doing the X-Men and the Sailor Moon and Dragon Ball was just kind of okay. Yeah, I think Dragon Ball was only just barely on my radar right? because I think Dragon Ball was like the second or third show I got into. Mm-hmm. It was Sailor Moon and Ranma and Dragon Ball. Oh, that's right. Ranma, of course. Mixed yeah. up in there. So I know I, I must have started watching DBZ at some point. I don't think I immediately started getting into fan subs, but I think that person eventually loaned me the DBZ movie 13 fan sub and his... <laughs> listen to me. I was about to call it something else. Uh, the Trunks TV special tapes uh, fan sub for me to look at and they both blew me away instantly and then what when about I, them blew you away the storytelling and the voices and the music and the drama yeah and the yeah. humor in the case of movie 13 not mm-hmm. so much the trunks tv special <laughs> not so much trunks <laughs> but all, it was all funny when he's in the puddle yeah <laughs> oh geez so like a crack addict i go back i'm like give him more i need more choking so they didn't give me more but they did tell me where i could go buy some okay. of my own which was the flea market so that was your point but eventually with other people I ended up borrowing Kenshin and Fushigi Yugi and Marmalade Boy and yeah 
some other stuff. All the 80s and 90s classics. None Mostly those, 90s. Yeah, none of that was 80s. Um, well, drag them all a little bit 80s. Yeah, but it was funny that I only got the two fan subs, and that was enough for me to just start going out to the flea market, which I didn't even know existed in the first place. Really? Let alone Fun. have fan subs. So I was there. The crazy magical world. is. The, oh my god, when, I can go buy these. Once I got my driver's license, I was at the flea market every single weekend blowing my money on the, the three <laughs> for 15 bucks deals. Awesome. Um, I started, I think my first purchase on my own was actually the first 12 episodes of GT because I wanted yeah. to start with an episode one. That of sounds something. about right. I remember you saying that. And at that point, because I had only seen um, DBZ Movie 13 and then the Trunks TV special, I knew who Trunks was. Okay. So I was very excited about the first 12 episodes of GT. And that's yeah, when yeah. Trunks, like, he instantly became my favorite character. Huh. I'm trying to remember what I would have purchased after that because I definitely distinctly remember getting GT first. Probably the Trunks episodes. <gasps> no, it was, um, I actually actually got a lot of the movies okay yeah those were a lot easier to get yeah i think i got the first 12 episodes of gt and movies one through four of okay. dbz at the same time mm. and at that point dbz on tv here dubbed was well underway so i can kind of see that the first four movies kind of fell in line right, with right. what i was watching and we on even TV. got movie three as a part of dub season two yeah. so that must have been interesting to see that tossed into the mix there oddly enough i think i saw most of the movies relatively in order wow go you relatively i mean it wasn't i did see 13 first which right. was weird but right. i definitely got one through four, one through four and, and then i think maybe i skipped to like seven but then i got five and six sure. and i kind of went up yeah, the chain yeah. as best as i could one step forward two steps back and yeah move up a little bit and then i just fill in the holes of what i knew was not on tv gotcha like i remember making a pretty conscious decision not to get cyogen and freeze stuff because it was on tv well that's important to note because a lot of this was season two of the dub is just repeating indefinitely right so i had no way of knowing what happens it's like my thought process at that time was okay the show's never going to continue i'm going to get everything yeah. from trunks's first appearance was onward over. it was probably done so let's just go get fan subs yeah and then i was wrong <laughs> i was happy to buy this stuff on vhs and then dvd legally anyway yes, yeah yes. so yeah that was that's my story for the record um i didn't really do any online trading as far oh, as okay. i know except for the the uh plan to eradicate the side and that was ramza that so. was yeah that was the only one because that was something the uh the he was market. the only one who did it so you had to get it from him mm -hmm. all right so my story my first fan subs were in 1997 they were dbz tv episodes and i just i remember all of this 94 through 106 a friend and i traded recordings of dubbed dbz it was we did three dub tapes for two of the subtitled tapes because back then for pre-existing Dragon Ball fans, the English dub was just this hilarious curiosity of, oh, isn't that cute? Look what they're doing with the show. So sometimes they would trade for dub versions, mostly to laugh at, but also to flush out their collection. They were Anime Labs tapes, so that was an interesting experience reading the translations. I think uh, one of Goku's shit lines is on our fansub dialogue page. It was a trade with just a random guy on the internet. I don't know how we would have done this. Maybe it was through Japan Dragon Ball Z on AOL. I'm not entirely sure how we got hooked up with this guy. I'm pretty sure he ripped us off on the next trade. So that was the last time it was just random dude trade. We got our computer the end of that year. So I was online. I started my site January 1998. So in 98, I got my first official from a distro order from Capsule Core Distro. It was, I think, $20 for three tapes. I got Wait, I'm confused. Sure. So you're 
your first exposure to the show was also the TV dub? Yeah. Okay. So you had started your site uh, with very little knowledge of the Japanese version? I guess the same would have been I, true I had, for me, too. I already had my first fan subs Okay. by the time I started my site. It's pretty interesting that in both of our cases, we started our sites very quickly so, after. Oh, yeah. It was... It's like, oh my god, this is awesome. Let's go on the internet. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so my order. I got the, from CapsuleCore, the Bardock and Trunks TV specials on one tape, movies 11 and 12 of DBZ on another tape, and then as I hinted at uh, earlier, GT episodes 59 and 61 through 64, those were raw. My thinking was, I hear movie 12 is awesome, gotta get that. Uh, I want these two TV specials, and I want the end of the series, because at that point, it was still relatively recent. Mm -hmm. You think about it, if I got this in very very early 98. Well, those aired in November 97. So those Jeez. were fresh on the market. That's when I got crazy the, when you think about it. My tape looks great. It's crazy. Like yeah. the fact that it got recorded and then translated. Oh, no. My GT was raw. Oh, raw. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it was specifically noted this isn't fan sub, but I just wanted. So to me, there's no such thing as subtitles for the end of GT. Mm -hmm. I just know it raw so, so well. So that was my first uh, online real distro ordering. After that, I got to know a couple other folks you know, from running the websites. The Chrono dude that I was uh, Chris talking about earlier. I got a lot of stuff from him. Uh, and then later, the trips to New York filling out some uh some holes that wouldn't have been with me though because i don't know i don't ever remember going into the city with you getting fan subs no i was in 99 to 2000 senior in high school so okay hadn't quite met you yet no so you were just going did your parents take you or did you just take the train and you went on your own or uh, a little bit of both with some friends went up I think it was, uh, yeah, my family went there once and I said, hey, heard about this crazy magical store in Chinatown. Can we go to this smelly street into the basement? It was kind of, I guess so. This place is scary. Buy your tapes and let's go. Mm -hmm. So that was that. All right. Let's turn it over now because we're already into Funimation's run seasons one and two or just repeating. I guess this discussion, this part of the discussion is mostly only relevant to North American fans. But I guess the entire rest of it was as well. So I hope all you Norwegian and uh, Brazilian fans are still enjoying the conversation so far. You all had your bootleg tapes in some variety. You were saying you traded first with uh, someone from Norway. Well, so. Because she was well, not from, first, but. she lived in Norway, but she was Chinese, so she had tapes oh, that were okay. Cantonese. Gotcha. It gotcha. wasn't that they were trading around in Norway. I think she just had them growing up. A lot of tapes came over by way of someone's in the military, and while they were over there, they taped the shows and a lot of brought people them back on. was like, oh, I was in Korea, and this was on TV. Yep, yep. Yeah, I think you and I both ended up with uh, some foreign episodes in the mix, just for the hell of it, too. I had some French episodes and some Cantonese episodes. I didn't. You did? I, I had audio clips of Trunks for my own Well, you always get that one Cantonese video. Yeah. Okay. Got so. a lot of episodes on it, too. Damn. I, I hoard the hell out of this tape. I don't know how I did so, considering it was PAL for um some of my early, early music videos done on two VHS decks. Yeah. Just because they didn't have fan subs over them because they were raw Cantonese. Mm -hmm. Yep. And the quality was shit. I'm going to have to find these videos. I don't know where they are. Oh, they're terrible. Mm -hmm. I love them. All right. Are you ready? Funimation's run. Okay. We're mostly talking about 99 onward, but again, to set the stage, in 1997, on the Saiyajin's Pride page, taking you back, Ed Gorgon back then, had someone named Liz who did an interview with Ken Fukunaga, who was the CEO and founder of Funimation. At that time, it was still the edited, dubbed versions of their first two series. They were really turning an, a blind eye to fan subs, but they were starting to worry about the pirates that were out there, because obviously they wanted to make the series a huge success. Success. They said at the time they only had the rights to produce a dubbed version of the show anyway, so that 
contributed a lot to, we're never going to get this uncut. We might as well just go out and buy it. The only exception was movies one through three, which they were able to produce a subtitled version of. And if you think about that, that's because those did come out in Japan. I think in a later interview, he even said one of the reasons why they couldn't do a subbed version early on was because it didn't exist in Japan. They didn't want reverse importation going on. More of an issue back then than it is today, but it was still an issue. Now, once 1999 comes around and this gets into everything's coming in-house, they're doing their own version uh, for Toonami. Big, big push. That's when the band hammer started coming down. And we didn't know a whole lot. We knew there was a push with a petition from Toriyama.org, but thanks to Brian Real and Steve Simmons, there was a subtitled version on the horizon coming from Funimation. And in the summer of 1999, a lot of cease and desist letters started going out to fan sub distributors. I've got the text here from uh, one sent to, I think, Sean Schuster, who was not a real big time distributor, but I think he was just dipping his toes in at the time and was maybe thinking about setting up a distro and only done, I think what I saw was, I only sold about 15, 20 tapes, but this was one of the only people who put up the cease and desist letter. And we have it as a great historical reference. Mary, you're my reading woman this episode. Can you read the C&D letter that we have? Sure. Dear Mr. Schuster, this is to notify you that my law firm is the legal representative for Funimation Productions, Inc., the exclusive licensor in the United States for Toei Animation, LTD, the owner of Dragon Ball Products, here and after DBZ, including their trademarks and copyrights. It has come to my attention that you may be trading in DBZ videos through the internet. The videos that are being marketed, traded, sold, or enlarged are videos that are, as yet, unavailable in the United States. The fact that such products are presently unavailable does not affect the protection afforded the trademarks and copyrights under the license rights. Therefore, this is to advise you that any action in selling, trading, and buying such products are protected by the civil and criminal penalties provided in the United States Code Title 15, Sections 1114 and 1116, and Title 18, Sections 2318, 2319, and 2320. While Funimation is happy with your interest in these products, they insist that any such activities is discontinued so that their trademark and license rights be protected. In the event that you have any questions, please contact my office. In closing, let me again thank you for your interest in these products. Any help we can be to increase your interest in such products will be considered and your advice is desired. Very truly yours, Robert W. Snyder. So there we go, the actual text. What I do like is that it wasn't we're suing you, it was look, you got to stop. We appreciate that everyone loves the series, but... But now it's coming out legally. On the horizon, DVDs, they were coming. So it was kind of a weird time because th- there was still this feeling of the series is never going to be finished. It's and never going to be out in its original Japanese form subtitle. Let's be clear. None of us wanted to watch it in English at that point. I was still fine with it, but I've liked having both versions. Really? Yeah. Yeah, you were buying would, some of those tapes for a while. Because I would take what I could tapes. get. I wanted to show support. I wanted to give them my money so they could do the right thing. You were also making music videos. So having that nice um, looking footage. I didn't really use... You used the Androids tapes quite a bit. I guess I did. Yeah, I guess I was making screenshots on my site. That's it, too. Because when those Trunks tapes came out, you were down at the Suncoast oh making screen caps that night. Yeah, that hour. Oh, you and your screen caps. So there was still this huge desire for, I I just want to get the series. I just want it. 
there's, I mean, we'll be honest, a huge sense of entitlement for. We're never going to get this. I deserve to see the entirety of the series. So mm-hmm. we were still looking to get everything that we could. But uh, once we heard that the DVDs were coming out, man, I was just happy as a clam. The first Ginyu disc was, it had some issues. But from there on out, I mean, we were getting it subtitled on DVD and fan subs. I don't want to say overnight became irrelevant, but pretty close to it. I was done buying fan subs the second legal VHSs were coming out. Yeah. Yeah. I bought a bit of Kenshin on VHS. Not a whole heck of a lot. Mm-hmm. Bought Ray Earth on VHS. Fushigi. I bought a good chunk of Fushigi Yugi, if not all of it. Um, pretty much anything that I had bought fan subs of. Oh yeah, Slayers. I had mm-hmm. some some of it fan sub, not a whole heck of a lot. But I always tried to get them on VHS legally to yeah. kind of make up make for, up for my giving the flea market so much money. Well, you're going back to what the code was. And the that code! Was, when this is licensed in your country, stop distribution of this and support the official product Mm -hmm. and for a while it was i refuse to support this official product because it's garbage but it is legally coming out and if we do support it well it sounds like maybe we'll get a subtitled release back then it felt like eons it was only about a year between 99 and 2000 before time seemed to go much slower back then internet years when you're in high school and into early college Oh my god. So, so different. I just don't get how I had the money to not only buy a good show show fan-subbed, but then at that point I was already well into my Rama one-half VHS habit, which was two episodes of tape at Mm -hmm. 30 bucks a pop or Mm -hmm. whatever it was. But then I was trying to do my code of honor getting shows legally on VHS. It's like, where did the money come from? I guess I worked in high school. Yeah, yeah. Had a good office job. Very nice. But Support that legal anime industry. Yeah. (laughs) At least the products you wanted. Yeah. So... I guess that that brought an end to fan subs. There was a, a little bit going on here and there. There was, of course, GT that uh, some groups moved on to doing because Z felt like it was never going to be finished. So they might as well move on to doing GT. Um, but I guess I want to talk about the digital era a little bit before we wrap up the conversation. Because Dragon Ball never truly entered the digital fan sub era. There were a couple shit groups like Super 5 that were out there. The Black Goku. The Black Goku, yeah. Mostly bootlegging stuff. Some official things, but also some other fan subs. But the series was over a couple of years before digital fan subs were even on anyone's radar. I think those, some of the earliest stuff was digital captures of Kadocha VHS fan subs. And then around 99, 2000 was some of the 100 meg uh, DivX Mm 3.11 digital fan sub encodes. So Dragon Ball was over before it got to that point. So there was no recording the episode that day. And within a week, you had the fan sub. It just, didn't happen. The closest we've had to something has been Dragon Ball Kai. And I know there have been some groups out there that were subbing it, which I think was kind of a a shit move to do. But any of the bigger groups that probably would have stepped up to do it, let's be honest, I mean, there's like Taizen Shui X and Constantine. But you're not fan subbers. No, we're not not fan subbers. We probably wouldn't know what we were doing anyway. No, you wouldn't know where to get footage from. No, no. You fancy yourself a a fan subber all of a sudden? Like, these words have never come out of your mouth ever. No, what I'm saying is, let's be honest, the majority of Dragon Ball knowledge revolves around a couple small Okay, well, now you're phrasing it properly. I get what All you're right. saying now. You're talking about knowledge, not capacity and willingness to do so. Capacity, no. Willingness, maybe it's about halfway. But <laughs> we definitely didn't want to get involved there. It was... 
great to see. I mean, even though we have no interest in Kai, that's I think that's the funniest part about it is that Kai ended up coming out and we had just plummeting interest in that product. Mm -hmm. But it was great to see it come out officially, legally, done properly from the start, subtitled by Steve again, which was really nice. And I really do. I think back to what felt like 10 years from 99 to 2000 with the petition and waiting for those DVDs. And I do sit back and I'm like, man. It sucked. Those times really sucked. Everyone was young and angry and punk kids and had a chip on their shoulder and just very different where it's, I know this is coming. I know it's going to be done well. And let's just I kind of liked it. the not knowing of back then. Now really? everything, everything's just so vanilla. Well, like, you can just expect everything to come out eventually. That ties in with one of the Twitter comments we're going to talk about okay. in just a minute too. So I think that kind of wraps up the the fan sub discussion it was a very very different era than what we have now um just like we didn't have any news to talk about at the beginning of this episode we really don't have any releases so what we're going to do is turn it over to i guess we'll call it our emails section okay Instead of emails, however, uh, I put a call out there. First on Facebook, I just put up a picture of a box of fan subs saying this is what the topic was going to be. The response was wonderful. So that was good to see. And then a couple days ago, I put it out there on Twitter. Do you have any questions about fan subs or what it was like back then? And we got a bunch of questions. Mary, the first one here comes from Onikuno, who said, did you or anyone for that matter have the whole series on fan sub VHS? That would have been dedication back right. then. So you kind of answered it for the yourself. The answer is earlier. a big flat no. No. I did not have all of it. I just had what I thought would never come out here, mm-hmm. plus a handful of GT. Maybe about 60% of GT and 50% of DBZ. Gotcha. And all the movies. Right, right. Yeah, it was very easy to have all the movies, for yeah. example, because those got home releases, extra groups would be doing it. Uh, but other than just ourselves, I think it was very rare for someone to have the entirety of, let's just say, even the DBZ TV series. Because like I was just noting earlier, there were some holes here and there. And it was also what groups had access to what small batches of episodes like Anime Labs only did these so many portions and NGN subs only did up to episode 104. And it was just so much space and it probably cost so much money. You think about those single disc DVDs and what an investment it was to get all those. Probably more of an investment to do the fan subs, just the time that it would take to track them all down unless you knew someone who knew someone. Okay, Puppet Doctor writes... Which of the three series were most prominent to find? Dragon Ball, Z, GT? And which sagas or arcs were easiest to find? What about you? What was For me, easiest to get? Easiest, just going by my own experience, GT was rel- the beginning of GT was relatively easy because that was, it was just new. coming out and it was yeah. new. I don't know if it was only a matter of I was seeing what I wanted to mm-hmm. see, but it always seemed like they had plenty of Android and Cell and Boo I agree. stuff. I think And they the did. movies, because yeah, the other stuff I just didn't really care about. And the movies were pretty easy to find. I never saw Dragon Ball. Well, that ties in with Rachel's question, which is, were there ever any real fan subs of the original Dragon Ball or just those recordings off the Hawaiian subs, Nippon Golden Network? As far as I know, other than the movies, I don't think anyone fan subbed the first Dragon Ball TV series. Maybe a couple things here and there, but my subs are the NGN subs, and they did the entire series. So it was also a matter of, well, why do it? Because if you're a fan sub group, you're not going to be filling in any holes the the entire thing's already done so uh back then we just wanted to get the whole series so if it's already there might as well take what's there okay ringworm one two eight did gt and the movies ever get fan subbed yes i as think we, we answered as you've that. been saying yeah 
for a lot of GT, it took a while, and I know there were a lot of breaks. The beginning of GT was done, and I know the Super 17 stuff was some of the earliest subbed GT as well. And all the other stuff in between was later on, and the very end of GT was also some of the last stuff to get subbed. Movies, like we were talking about earlier, uh, since those did get a home release in Japan, it was open to other fan subbers who didn't just do GT. My movies 7 and 9 were done by Yagami Studios, and I think they were affiliated with, was it Jason Salsi? Was that RYS who did AMVs? I think that was his college roommate Hmm. who did my movies 7 and 9. So there were some other groups out there that made them a little bit more available. Retro Kaiser says, were any of the fan sub VHS tapes cropped cropped like fake widescreen cropped i mean because that wasn't a thing back then no the technology wasn't there to do anything like you weren't cleaning up fan subs you were taking the best you could get Uh, maybe the only relevant answer we could give was that uh the first three dragon ball movies and the first three dbz movies were released on home video four by three then after that it was the theatrical cropping to the end uh that's the closest there was an answer for that though then the last uh thing we had here it's not really a question sugar bun says I'm excited about this topic. I miss the old VHS fan sub days and made things seem more magical back then. Ain't that the truth? And I think that's kind of how I want to end the discussion. It's very magical. It was very, very different. Even when you order things online now, like my Dragon Box 5 came in from Amazon. It was in a box. I opened it and it felt great. And I immediately popped in 184 and watched the end of the episode. But to me, there's nothing like placing an order. The internet is still it's kind so of mysterious. new. You don't know who it is you're sending a money order to. <laughs> and you don't know what you're getting And you don't back. know what a money order is either at that time. <laughs> Where can I obtain one? And this magical box arrives a couple weeks later. Maybe for you. I just drove down the road. <laughs> I guess. You pop it in and it's this Japanese cartoon with words in your own language to follow along with. I don't think I can express how different that is from today when it's... We have YouTube. I know. Part of it's also, I was such a mystery back then and yeah. such like a gotta catch them all it was. sort of game that it totally was. I can't think of anything that I was more excited about in my youth than yeah. getting my fan subs mm-hmm. every weekend. Maybe first getting into like Ramen Sailor Moon was pretty exciting, but the act of looking forward to the weekend and getting my fan subs was just like, oh, this is it, man. It totally this was. This is my life. I look back very fondly on getting those packages in the mail and going to Chinatown a couple times in the CD Elizabeth Street basement. And to me, Dragon Ball Z is still that in some ways. When I was uh, looking through that fan sub earlier, I mean, I'm going from the Dragon Box to my crappy old fan Anime Labs fan subs, but it still feels like, man, this is DBZ to me. I think that's how I mostly watched the show. I, many DVDs as we own now, we don't really watch them. No, it's more to all that much. Pay our dues and pay our respects and say that we have it. I mean, I'll pop it in occasionally a great episode or a movie, falling asleep. You know, let me toss something on sometimes. But yeah, that what we watched was mostly the fan sub VHSs. Felt so then. underground. And that's and part hit. of it too. It's like your favorite indie band before they get big and you want to keep it to your own. You don't want anyone else to know about it, but you kind of want to tell everyone how awesome it is. And it's just this underground awesome thing. That's what fans 
subs were and it was just a very different time because it was a physical product i'm glad to have been an age where i was able to kind of have a a foot in both the old world and the new world yeah yeah because then i can kind of appreciate where we came from but i can also take advantage of the great technology and legalness Mm. of being able to watch anime here today we're finally starting to hit the stride of that too with the simulcasts of things and this gets into a whole nother discussion but the way that you compete with free is better whether it's paid or free but just the the convenience the speed the the quality control we're starting to get that officially and that's that's something we never could have envisioned watching our first vhs fan sub tapes and i love that you describe it as having some toes in in -hmm. both ponds there to appreciate where it came from and then there's people long before us i mean let's acknowledge that too there are people before they didn't even have fan subs who would watch the stuff raw and maybe have a printout watching along at like a public anime club or a convention Mm -hmm. or having someone live telling you okay well this is kind of what's going on this is so and so i mean that was kind of the step before our generation go back to Ball. Curtis Hoffman putting up his manga summaries. Hitoshi Doi's episode synopses. Oh, man. So good. And that ties in with the magic. The of magic. It all. The spending sprees. It was. It was. Teenagers it was with no money. money. A lot of money that we didn't have. But I, I had the money. Out. I never asked my parents for money. Are you saying I did? I don't know. I what worked, your, I worked I, my jobs. Yeah. Got my monies. Mary, this is going to bring our episode to a close. I promise whatever we do next week on the show will not be about the past. No. We should talk about the future. Now we've talked about the future. Dragon Ball has no future. No, that's very pessimistic. It's over for the time being. We'll do something very different. But I really hope that those of you who are looking forward to this topic got everything you wanted out of it. Because I don't know that there's anything else to talk about. Perhaps there's some of the internal drama among anime labs and fake identities and people taking donations to sub the series and there's some stuff roms i could uh get into there but i think we covered everything we could yeah. if people have any questions though there is a response thread on the dyson X forum for every single episode we'll take your comments there but mary if people have other ways they would like to ask stuff you can email us at podcast at diezx.com. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T at D-A-I-Z-E-X.com. And on Twitter, we're at diezx. And on Facebook, we're at facebook.com slash diezx. Easy yeah. as that. I think we're about 700 and 1,000 respectively there. Not quite at those numbers, but very close. I love 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 that we have this extended community and i love that people get excited about the conversations we're gonna have figure if you're into dbz this late in the game you're pretty damn committed yeah i think so i think you're willing to talk about 20 years ago listen to the conversations but like i said next week we'll uh jump away we'll from not the talk about back in the day no. get off my lawn that's right that's that right such i hope it wasn't entirely get off my lawn no no, no 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 because we weren't saying that today's stuff is bad no no oh my god dragon ball sets for buying them yeah, 35 for bucks oh oh i couldn't ask i don't for think much we more. can say by any stretch of the imagination that things back in the fan sub days were better than they are now i think the only way i can say it's better is my level of excitement yeah back yeah. then was just so fresh and, new. and a lot of that was youth as yeah yeah to... definitely but in terms of the product that you're getting yeah like, it doesn't even hold a candle no no, no doubt this no is where it's at 
current no land. Mary, thank you for joining us here on this like, uh, no podcast episode. Thank you, thank you. Uh, I guess let's go make dinner. Yeah, let's say that. It's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> We're ordering pizza, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is why you're my husband. <laughs> um, because we both had Dragon Ball fan subs. <laughs> <laughs> why don't we order pizza? Bring it down to the basement and watch some more fan subs. That's so romantic. No, let's absolutely not do that. Oh, okay. Um, you want to plug anything? No, no, I mean, I guess I will because I haven't done it in a while. If you want to see a relic of my, my past. Say, this is a great look back into what yeah. it was like back then. Yeah, if you want to see what it was like for me back then, dig on some of the sub pages. I don't know where because I don't remember my site at templeoftrunks.com. That's, wow, I felt good to say. I haven't said that in a I know, while. I know. It's at www.templeotrunks.com. I have not updated in three years. My apologies, but it is a nice time capsule of my youth. And even your updates are like, I do a podcast over there now. Yeah, you can find me over there. I still like the show. It's just, I don't even know if I can. Oh, I know I can sign in my site because I made an edit. <laughs> I made an edit on a page because someone asked me to. Nice. A couple weeks ago. Well, I, thank I was you, like, Mary. oh, crap. I don't know if I can sign into my site. What are the credentials? But luckily you're hosting my site. So it's true. <laughs> you're able to fix that. Great to have you here. Thank you. Good so, topic. It was just you and I this week. Uh, I believe Julian's family is on yeah. its way to visit him. So yes. Julian's going to get a week or so off to enjoy his side of the family over in Japan. And uh, I'll check in with some other folks and see what we got on the radar for some upcoming podcast episodes here. Next week is going to be 260 of the show. Man, 260 Damn. episodes. I love doing this. I love talking about the show. I hope people enjoy hearing about it. So, uh, Mary, for you right there across from me. Bye-bye. For Julian off in Japan with the family, my name is Mike Vegito EX, and we will see you next week here on the podcast www.daizex.com Daizenshu EX is your one and only central location for Dragon Ball awesomeness. And I guess we got buddies over at the time. But, <laughs> I was going to say, not but, one and only. But we pull them over here and we're all buds. And we all get along. It's so awesome that not just the products of the series, but isn't all the site stuff. Friendships. It's so good now. Oh, hearts and flowers. I and couldn't ask for better internet boyfriends. I oh, seriously I know. Couldn't. I'm so jealous. <laughs> God, you're a pimp. Totally. Guys and gals, we'll see you next week.